The other day, I'm driving to Houston, and a friend of mine calls me up. Actually, he texts me and says, can we talk? So, he's been reading and following my posts on social media under the Modern Contemplative, and he basically doesn't understand what I'm talking about and wants to know if I'm still a Christian. Because we, we go to church together. This is a person that I know face to face. Welcome to the Construction Monk. I'm your host, J. Randall Ori. And this is a new podcast venture for me. And it came out of my conversation with that friend. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about construction and, and how, how I'm... A construction monk or we're going to talk about how I'm a monk and I work construction and how those two fit together <laughs> uh, so I'm walking on the trails early in the morning just so you know so you might hear the sounds of me walking or the woods or the trees swaying right now I can hear the trees there was a lot of cicada, but now it's turned a little cooler, and it, the bugs and the birds are quieter. It's still pretty early, too. So, so I think that my friend's question is it, it really started me thinking. So I do podcasting and I do blogging all around contemplation, but I've realized... Or I realized in conversation with my friend who is a Christian and who is a good friend and who really cares about me, I've realized that when it comes to contemplation, most people don't even know what that is. But they do know what a monk is. <laughs> and they do know what construction is. So I thought, you know, maybe I need to um, make an attempt to bring all this a little more down to earth. To... Uh, when I talk about being a monk, you know, trying to make it a little more understandable. Uh, if you don't know, contemplation is what monks do. It's their practice. It's it's the word that defines their practice. And I'm also talking about Western Christian monks. Now there are Eastern religious monks, you know, Buddhist monks, Hindu monks. I don't know if Muslims have monks. Actually, Muslims don't necessarily have monks, but they have what they would call mystics. What every religion has has mystics, and we'll talk about that in our next podcast. But uh, so the Muslim version would be the Sufis. Sufis are Muslim mystics, which a mystic is just someone who seeks and seeks more direct experience of God, and actually has that kind of intimate experience of God. In every religion, those are called mystics. Jesus was a mystic, so... Mystics are also what we would call monks. And so I think people don't really know much about mysticism or mystics. And I don't think people know what contemplation is, but people know what monks are, and that's what I am. I'm a monk. And I'm also a construction worker, so... Um, I think it's it is interesting that my friend was reading a lot of what I'm talking about and even 
like questioning whether I'm a follower of Jesus. And I am a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christian. I grew up traditional, as a traditional Christian in a conservative Christian uh, church. I, you could call it evangelical. It wasn't called that at the time. It's called it now fundamental evangelical. But through the process of my spiritual journey as a Christian, which entailed reading the Bible, it entailed going to Bible college twice. I went to Bible college probably a total of eight years, and, and I did not study like I didn't study the Bible. I, my degree wasn't like a Bible degree. I wasn't studying to be a pastor. I did study to be a music minister for two years, but I had to take Bible. And so I had a lot more in-depth training in the Bible and reading the Bible and interpreting the Bible, which was helpful. So I have a good, I would say, a good scholarly background when it comes to Christianity and the Bible and theology. But um, my, my degrees, I have two degrees, bachelor's and master's. They're in humanities. Humanities is the study of human culture. So that's really served me well when we're talking about Christianity and its different uh, strains and parts and flavors because it's the culture of Christianity. And I've actually studied um, Greco-Roman culture. I've studied human culture from the Greco-Roman period on. I've also studied some ancient culture, um, mostly through the Bible. The Bible, the Old Testament is ancient human culture. It talks about these different groups. So, um, all that helps when we're talking about this thing. Like, what is a monk? How am I a monk? What does that even mean? Um, how am I a monk and not in a monastery? Those are good questions. If you don't know, most people do know, though, like monks live in monasteries. That's what they do. Whatever they do in those monasteries, they're monks and they live in monasteries. <laughs> if you're a nun, um, I don't know about the Eastern religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, but Catholicism has the, the female counterpart of a monk is a nun. They live in convents. So, um, but, you know, as I've already said, I am a monk, but I do not live in a monastery. I live in the real world. I live in a city in Tennessee near the Smoky Mountains. I work construction. I have three kids. I'm married. Uh, I've never lived in a monastery, although I've visited a monastery. And I understand what, you know, through more auxiliary experience, what that life is like. It's a very structured life. But it's not the place that makes a monk what they are. It's the practice. It's the practice of being a mystic, a contemplative. So, um... Monasticism, the you know, and monks developed, at least in the Christian expression, around the third century, you know, three hundred years after Jesus. Some guys called the Desert Fathers decided to get away from the uh, 
the uh, Christian religion, which was becoming kind of adopted into the Roman Empire and becoming a little more institutionalized. Actually, actually, it was actually becoming a religion, not a grassroots movement of following Jesus as much. But uh, if you don't know Rome, Rome was a purveyor of religions. <laughs> they just they know knew about religions and Christianity under the guise of Rome became another just another religion. But um, these guys, these desert fathers, got away from all of that. They thought that it was kind of changing Christianity into something it wasn't meant to be. So they decided to go kind of try to preserve and follow what Jesus really taught, which was knowing God. And so they left the cities. They went into the Egyptian desert. And that's what they did. And they were the first Christian monks. What they did was they pursued God. They tried to just live a simple, humble life. They forsook, you know, wealth and the pursuit of a career and a family and and they tried to just know God. Well, out of that came Christian monasticism. Orders were developed, monasteries, monks. Basically, out of those those individuals and their practices, kind of, that was all um, developed into a model or a way of trying to know God personally. And so within the Catholic Church, monks kind of became these people that were just kind of the holy people. They weren't the leaders in the church. They weren't the movers and the shakers, but they were the spiritualists, the ones who were just trying to know God. And they kind of kept the Catholic Church grounded in a lot of ways as it became this huge institution in the European monarchies and very influential, very powerful, sometimes more powerful than the king. The popes were more powerful because the kings may have controlled the country, but popes controlled heaven. And that's a lot of power. Anyway, but in that era, in the, 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 the Middle Ages, in that period, monks were a grounding force for Catholicism because they continually reminded the church that it was about knowing God. It wasn't about an institution and building you know, these huge cathedrals and the Pope and control and power. It was about God, knowing God, and it was about the way that Jesus taught that. So monks were people who made knowing God the priority in a church that made itself the priority in a lot of ways in its rituals and attendance and sacraments, you know, and power. So that's kind of a little brief history of monasticism and how it came about. Now, there were monks before Christianity, of course, people in other religions who were doing the same thing. You know, there's the formal religion. In any, in any religion, there's the formal aspect. There's, you know, and then there's the people who are really kind of the experts, maybe you could call them. They're, they're trying to really know God or interact with God more personally. They're kind of dedicating their lives. Those are monks. Usually they're monks. You know, they're not the people trying to establish the, um, the theology of the religion or being, they're not the thinkers and the writers as much. The, 
monks can be writers, but they're really just trying to experience God. And, and that's a very distinct focus within religion. You know, the general practitioner might be focused on doing what the religious institution says in order to be okay with God. You know, the scholar might be focused on kind of the theology of the religion and what, is it, what does it really mean and how to articulate and kind of formalize it. But the mystic, the monk, is focused on just knowing God personally for themselves. That's true in most religions. And so that's also been my journey. I am a monk. I didn't set out to be a monk, by the way. <laughs> if anything, I really wanted to be a theologian. If, if I had a choice, I'm a, I'm a heady person. I'm a writer. I'm a thinker. And so like that was kind of my, my focus. And I would say in, in Western Christian religion, thinking is certainly the dominant um, focus, just like the culture around it. We're hyper-rational people. Western society is very intellectual. And Christianity became very intellectual within it. And I, I would consider myself more of an intellectual. I'm just a thinker. And so that naturally, if I had my own druthers, if I had kind of gone the way I wanted, I would have probably gravitated more towards being a theologian, not a mystic. I didn't choose to be. A, you don't choose to be a mystic. It kind of chooses you. <laughs> it happens, you know, it's... It's phenomenon and causality, right? But, you know, even, even at nine, at nine years old, I did experience the Holy Spirit. I was baptized. I experienced the Holy Spirit. And out of that, as I kind of got um, familiarized with the Christian religion, that experience, that conversion experience where I really felt the Holy Spirit faded into history, into my history. I would say I felt the Holy Spirit for a couple of weeks after I was baptized. And then after that, you know, I wasn't really taught about experiencing God. I was taught about going to church and the rules and the ritual. You know, show up on Sunday, you sing the songs, you hear the sermon, you try to be a good moral person, you try to live out the moral principles of Jesus. And, you know, most books are focused on on that what are you supposed to do with this how do you how do you live your life in a moral way as a christian but i was not really taught about experiencing god growing up in any of my church experiences but the thing that really changed all that for me was when i was in the 10th grade i attended a youth retreat a big youth retreat conf it was a conference rather like a bunch of youth groups got together at this big conference. It was called CIY, Christ in Youth. There was a group there that challenged us to read our Bibles. And I took that challenge. And it was like, don't just read your Bible, but read it daily. And so I did. At that point, I started reading my Bible daily. I'm sorry, I stopped for a minute because there's, there's a flashing light ahead on the trail. I'm like, what is that? And it's coming towards me and then someone's calling for their dog. So I just realized it's the dog. Hey, it's, 
It's early, but people are out here walking their dogs and jogging usually. So, all right. So, that was really the catalyst for where I am now, I would say. I started reading my Bible. And like a lot of Christians read their Bibles, right? No big deal. How did I become a mystic and a monk out of that? Well, I really read my Bible. <laughs> I've read the Bible over a hundred times. Uh, now I don't, I don't even keep track. And, but I just started reading the Bible, and I started reading what Jesus said and did in the Old Testament, and like this whole grand story of God. And like the, the dominant theme is, know me, and you don't know me. <laughs> The dominant theme in the Bible of, of God's expression to his people is like, and it's really, even in the Old Testament, God's like, I didn't give you all these rituals and practices so that you could worship the rituals and the practices, but it's, it was so you could know me. Even the idea of worship is just abiding with God, like being in the presence of God. We, it's, it's, we just trend towards formalizing it. So my journey of reading the Bible was realizing this is this book, this focus, the focus of this book is God wanting us to know him and her. So that really, you know, at whatever stage of my growth, that really began to dominate my focus. How do we know God? Well, that's a very monk thing. That's what monks are focused on. They're not focused on how can we explain God and how can we come up with the right uh, tenets and dogmas and truths so that we can know the truth of God, right? Actually, monks say the truth of God, capital T, is a person called the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit I experienced when I was nine. And so, over the years, that became my, that became my focus, was experiencing God, knowing God personally. That led me on this journey to become now someone who does know God, who experiences God. And I'm no less passionate about theology, trying to explain what it means to know God, which is the point of theology. It's supposed to be the point. But what I'm most passionate about is teaching people how to know God, and sharing with people how I've come to know God. And that's what makes me a monk. Why am I a construction monk? Actually, my friend, I was I was working in a church, <laughs> building a prayer room, as a part of my construction company. See, you thought I was going to say I was working in a church as a pastor or something. <laughs> I've never done that. I've never had. I've never been a professional Christian, paid to to you know teach or whatever but I've always done teaching in churches but so I was working in a church my my church I was building this room out of a larger space the, there was a foyer and there was this like side stage kind of platform thing and I just closed it in and turned it into a separate room and my friend who was the worship pastor at church uh, came up to me he's like it's so cool that you can do this and like you're also you know, I played in the worship band. He's like, you're a musician, and you really, you're passionate about God, but you're, you work construction. And he's like, you're like a construction monk. And I was like, yeah, that's really true. Like, And construction is just as much my monastery, my meditative time, as anything else. 
And so I am also a construction worker. I got into construction about three years ago, working for myself. It's my wife and I, actually. She's the brains and the beauty, and I'm the brawn. Which, if you know me, is scary because I'm not a brawny person. I'm like 135 pounds and 5'8". <laughs> but, you know, you know, the skill of it is just as much in the head, you know. Um, I'm a finished carpenter, but I do everything. We do home remodeling, and I remodel people's bathrooms or kitchens or sometimes I'll just install a toilet or a faucet you know I do handyman stuff as well but I'm a construction worker and I would say throughout my life um, working construction was what I fell into like I was much more interested in being in my head my you know I went to college for Oh my goodness, I shouldn't even figure that out. <laughs> no, I went to college for probably nine years total. I loved it. I loved that environment of learning. I love to learn. I'm a big learner. I love to read. I'm always reading. But um, construction really gave me something to do with my hands, to get me out of my head. And I would say that's really been helpful for me. I would have really been someone in, in much more in my head and living out of my head and trying to speak about God out of my head. But construction has grounded me. And um, it's a, you know, provided a great career. My, my master's degree did not provide me a career. It's hard to find a job in the humanities, although they're out there. Museums and cultural centers that most states have. That would be where you could take that focus but of humanities but it's just there's not many jobs there but I fell into construction going to college it was like my second education so my first education was the one I paid for my second education I got paid to learn which was construction and it started out um, when I, in my undergrad uh, when I would come home for the summers, I would I worked for a guy at my church that my parents knew. He did roofing, so that was my first introduction was doing roofing. Of course, when I was you know as a part of roofing, a lot of times we had to do repairs, so I learned a little bit of carpentry there. But I worked for a summer doing roofing. What I learned more than anything was that I did not want to do roofing. <laughs> I wanted to go back to college and live in my head. I <laughs> uh, I at the time. Um, you know what? That's interesting because uh, in college, after that summer of roofing, I went back and eventually I got married. And then I actually, that summer before my last semester of school, after I'd just gotten married, we got married and we came back, lived in the married student housing. And that summer I, I did roofing on my own. I helped a couple professors replaced the roofs and then I also uh, helped another professor do some remodeling that was when I f that was the first time I actually did remodeling and I was totally lost I didn't know what I was doing I'd only done roofing but there was another professor that lived across the street who was you know skilled in home remodeling as well and who kind of helped me that was my first introduction to construction while I was a student at a Bible college <laughs> studying humanities <laughs> But um, then when I went back for my master's, so, well, after my bachelor's, after I'd just gotten married, gotten my bachelor's, uh, my wife and I went to live with her parents for six months. I worked for her dad for six months in the 
neon business. And then at six months, for six months, we lived with my, we moved, we lived with my grandma in Indiana. And then, like, for that whole year after my bachelor's, I kind of floundered. I didn't, you know, I was looking for work in my degree. And then I actually decided to look for work in a church, maybe doing media or communications or uh, dis discipleship was my focus. I wanted to teach people to know God. <laughs> that was my journey. And that is my passion. Spiritual formation is what we call it now, but discipleship is the Bible-y word. Um, but I floundered, you know, just nothing was coming. And I did not have the credentials churches were looking for. About the only thing I had going for me was that I was married because churches do not like unmarried pastors. But they also don't like people who have a humanities degree and a minor in Bible and are trying to work at a church. You know, I just couldn't prove on paper that I really could do these things they wanted and fill the roles they were looking for. So after that, I decided to go back to get my master's. And during that time, I went to Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia and got involved in a church. And there was a guy there at church who had a handyman business. And I started working for him on weekends while I was going to school and just here and there over breaks. And after I graduated with my master's in humanities, I went full-time working construction for this guy because I'd already been working for him. And again, I couldn't find a job in my degree, so I started working construction. I worked construction full-time for three years in Huntington, West Virginia. Then the... Uh, the, the job I was working there just was not really paying the bills and it was kind of in some ways drying up like it was I was making less we were, I was working less and less and making less and less and so we decided to move back in with my wife's parents who had moved to Tennessee to Knoxville Tennessee that's what brought me here and then I worked again for my father-in-law in the neon business because I had already done that so I worked for him for about three years when that business started going under oh during that time they had a full apartment above theirs that was unfinished and i was finishing it because i had some construction background so i was like practicing what i knew and learning more building out this entire apartment it was 1600 square feet it was just the stud walls it was rough plumbed no electrical but i got to just build it out and it was kind of fun too we got to make it what we wanted you know, the the layout was already determined, but so I'm doing that. I'm working three years. I'm working in the neon, doing the neon stuff. That slows down. As a part of that slowdown, the owner of the company sold the company to one of the installers. So he also then started, you know, taking myself and my brother-in-law at the time, who also worked for his dad in the neon. He started taking us on in installations. So... Um, Actually, in between that, I worked for a thrift store charity for two years. But all right, I'm skipping by that one. Um, so I started doing. So again, my like kind of my construction background helped there. We were installing neon and LED in the commercial settings, and you know, we were doing wiring, and we were you know having to physically attach these things to buildings. And so this kind of continued my construction experience, and uh, that began to slow down after two years, and that is when my wife and I decided to start our own construction company. And that is how I'm a construction monk. That's how, that's the construction part. Um, 
how I got into construction, really stumbling into it, not where I wanted to go. But I would say it was God's grace. It has been God's grace, not just financially. It's been it's a great it's been a great venture for us, surprisingly. It's hard to start I think it's hard to start any kind of business from scratch on your own. It's hard to be self employed. But um it's worked out good for us. It's been a journey. It's been a learning process for sure. Running your own business. My wife really does more of that work. She's the accountant. When I worked for that handyman company in West Virginia, she did the accounting for them. You know, she really came in and created her own filing system. And like at the time, the filing system that the owner was practicing was just throwing papers in boxes. <laughs> and she organized everything, created forms for, and for the estimates and invoices, and she's really good at it. And actually, she went to college for accounting. Um, when I was going getting my master's, she finished her bachelor's. It wasn't in accounting, but accounting was the focus. She ended up getting a regent's degree, which is just like none of her classes could be pulled together into an official kind of focus. So um, uh, she got a regent's. But accounting was something that she studied. So she's good at that, and that's what she does for our business. Um, so it's worked out really good. I've had to grow into it, of course, but I've been growing into it. It's, it's been God's grace, not just because of the financial, as I said, but because it's given me a hands-on skill and ability, and it's kept me grounded in my body, not just in my head. And I'm also very much a heart person. I'm very emotive. But being, having a physical work to do has helped me. It's kept kept me physically healthy, but it's really informed my spirituality in different ways. And so, uh, I know that was a long interlude or introduction to this construction monk thing. But what I'm getting at here is that I think that we're always in the business of remodeling. That's what I do with construction. I do remodeling, you know. Um. But we're always remodeling. We're always working on our lives, right? We're trying to work this thing out. What does it mean to be human? What is? Why am I here? What is my purpose? You know? We're builders. We're constructing a life. We're trying to know God and figure out the spirituality component of our lives. And, you know, uh, people, we all wear many different hats. I like to say I wear many different shoes. Because I wear boots for construction. I wear hiking shoes when I come out here on the trails. I wear sandals when it's summertime. When people say they wear hats, I wear shoes. That's how I think of it. But no, we're always... Like, we're always building. And sometimes we're remodeling. Sometimes we're tearing things down and rebuilding them. Trying to make them better. Trying to figure them out. Right? It's like the nuts and bolts of how everything works. Construction is systems upon systems and how they fit together i love that about construction i love figuring it out i love problem solving i'm a thinker and so construction has really given me a hands-on practical approach towards problem solving you know tearing things out rebuilding refitting replacing repairing the other day and um, we purchased a house uh last march and I've been doing some rewiring, and, and we're just we're remodeling the whole thing. 
because uh, we want to get into flipping from just doing other people's projects. We want to flip houses. So anyway, we're kind of flipping the house we live in right now, which is fun if you've ever lived in a construction project. <laughs> By fun, I mean not always fun. But um, I was in the house, and uh, it's it's been remodeled too, you know. So sometimes I'm trying to figure out the wiring. There's a light in the hallway between the kitchen and the laundry room, and then there's a light in the hallway between the living room and the bedrooms downstairs. Both those lights are two-way switches, but the lights themselves are a single switch and a single light. But I finally, I, and they stopped working. Actually, the, the hall light between the living room and the bedroom stopped working. And in the process, I figured out that there's a bathroom off that hall. And that used to be a hallway that you went through to get back to the laundry room kitchen. So it created this circle around the stairway. But they closed off a wall in the laundry room hallway and turned it into a bathroom with a door that opened into the uh, living room bedroom hallway. And that then those two lights were on the same two switches because they were a part of the same passageway. But it took me forever to figure it out. And they had also wired the power into the lights instead of the switches, which was also confusing. But construction is like that. It's like there's a problem trying to figure it out. It's the mechanics, right? And there's also a mechanics to life and how life works and like when life doesn't work. And God is in the mix of all that. Like if you're spiritual at all, you believe there is some kind of God entity out there who created all this who knows how it works and can help us figure it out and so I think construction and mysticism aka knowing God have a lot in common and that's what I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about the nuts and bolts of being a monk of trying to know God and how that relates to everything else including construction I'm a construction monk. That's not just a fancy title. What that means is I do everything in light of who God is and my relationship with God, how I treat my customers, how, my, how I do my work, my integrity as a person, as a businessman, as a construction worker. It's all related. It's not separate. And I think <clears throat> for me, even for me, when I talk to people about contemplation, it, I can spin off into the ethereal heights of grand ideas and theories. But the construction part is bringing it back down. Like, what does it mean for me every day? How I live every day? How I drive my car? How I act in the grocery store? How I treat people? There is a down-to-earth practical application and reality for all these things. God life is not separate from secular life, from normal life, from my family life, from my friendships, from how I act in any situation. It's all connected. And so the construction monk is my attempt to put all this together and help people understand how drawing close to God and walking with God affects every part of our lives and how we can do that in every part. And you know, even when I'm working construction, I'm praying. Sometimes I'm praying, Dear Lord, help me figure this out. But most of the time I'm praying in the sense of just talking with God, like, Thank you, God, for this job. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the ability to provide for my family. And I'm just like also talking to God about what's going on in my heart. And for me, construction, like sometimes I'm just in the mode of fixing something. 
but there's a meditation to that too where I'm like <clears throat> working stuff out but I'm abiding with God in the midst of that in just a sweet fellowship kind of way where I'm talking to God about things maybe things I'm struggling with just maybe questions or just maybe conversation you know that's how I became a contemplative that's how I became a monk was really believing that God was with me and I could talk with God and I could begin to hear God because I think most religious people talk to God but it's like shouting at the sky and hearing silence sometimes but a mystic is someone who doesn't just talk to God but hears God talk back not usually in an audible voice I've never heard an, what I would call an audible voice but I've heard, heard God speak to me so clearly in so many different ways that there was there's no doubt that I was experiencing the voice and the presence of God and very, I mean, very clear ways, like clear answers, not just, you know, a lot of times when we pray, we're seeking answers from God, but we're really not expecting clear answers to very specific questions. But in my experience, the more I've become closer to God and a mystic, a monk, like I've realized God can speak in very clear ways when we know how to listen and we learn. But you don't have to go to a monastery you don't have to dedicate your life to God by removing yourself from normal society and, and the normal world. And that's where the construction monk also comes into play is, you know, can we all really be passionately pursuing God and have this intimate, deep relationship with God without having to dedicate our whole lives to that one thing? Like, can we still be businessmen and construction workers and moms and you know, daycare workers and grocery store clerks and mechanics and still know God as deeply as a monk? I believe the answer is yes, and that's been my experience. And so while, you know, I probably would have preferred to be in a monastery or be a college professor, a Bible professor, a theologian, just focusing my whole life on knowing the Bible and knowing Christian truth, God did not take me on that path. He took me on a different path the path of becoming a construction monk, of putting all this together, not separating myself from the normal world, but trying to learn and learning how to know God in normal everyday life. And that's what the construction monk is about. So I hope that you can find in these podcasts something helpful and beneficial. I hope even this has been helpful for you and an encouragement you can know God. You don't have to get away from your normal life, from where you are right now. It starts where you are. Where you are is where God is with you. God meets you where you are. So that's what we, I want to talk about. And I do have other podcasts. I do blogs. Uh, my website is www.moderncontemplative.com. So you'll see in some of those blogs and some of my other podcasts I kind of go deep but this podcast is meant to keep it light and simple the construction monk but if you want to go deeper the modern contemplative is that deeper kind of exploration of what contemplation is and you can do that too you can read or you can listen but if you want more content go to my website um, you'll find more there I appreciate you guys listening 
appreciate you taking some time. I hope it's been encouraging and helpful. Um, I love everyone. I love all of you. I'm, I'm grateful that you're here with me on this journey. And let's keep walking together on this journey. This has been The Construction Monk. I'm your host, J. Randall Ori. Love you guys. Take care.